Oh, this is great. I get to preach in surround sound. This is awesome. Can you all see me? I feel like somebody's going to yell, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Oh, you're this right. Awesome. Somebody comes down. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate Anthony uh, setting the stage for us to worship in a different kind of way. So I'll move about best I can, okay? Um, but glad you're here. And, uh, and Kyle, where are you, buddy? Man, we're going to miss you. We really are. sung carols that have been sung for decades and they contain 
wonderful biblical truth. And they've stood the test of time because they are very well written. But the problem is, we're so familiar with them. Uh, we can rattle them off from our rote memory that we sing them without really paying attention. And so this December, we pastors felt it was needed for us to, to refocus on some of these messages that surface from these beloved hymns. And so our prayer is that you will be reawakened to the news that Jesus has been born and that together we'll celebrate that God is with us in the answering of promises, in the realized dreams, in the refreshing hope. And today our hymn is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. We sang it earlier. It was the first song. And it was written by Charles... Wesley, I shared a little bit of this with you last week. Charles Wesley is the younger brother of John. John was the great revivalist. Uh, revival spread across England. And because of that movement called Methodism, it swept into the colonies. And Charles, the younger brother, was a very gifted musician. And what we'd say is he had some big hits on the charts. Uh, some of these hits... You may know from our traditional hymn, hymnal, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. Maybe you've heard that one. Or how about this one? Christ the Lord is risen today. Charles Wesley wrote that. He wrote the one we talked about last week. Come thou expected, long expected Jesus. And so he's done well. And he's had some hits. And the, the awesome thing, the amazing thing, is that these songs are being sung two centuries later. And so Charles Wesley wrote this hymn called Hark the Herald Angels Sing in 1737 to a tune that he composed. Charles originally had these words. Hark, get this, which means pay attention. Hark how the welkin rings. That's kind of strange, isn't it? Hark how the, wel the welkin rings. Glory to the King of Kings. Alright? He said, the welkin rings. It's an old British term, which means how the heavens opened up. It means the vault of heaven. Heaven was once closed, and now the vault of heaven has been opened up. And so for many years, this is how the song was sung. The welkin rings. And then George Whitfield, one of the contemporaries, got a hold of it and he changed the words, the words that we know better now, part the herald angels sing. And Charles Wesley was incensed that anybody would tamper with his words. And so we know it now as part the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. And eventually, Mendelssohn would improve on the melody 100 years later. So that's a little background. It was published in the Methodist hymnal, and now for decades, it's a popular musical song that we sing this time of year. And what I appreciate about the message that's conveyed in this song is it's theologically sound, and it has a message that we need as followers of Christ. And so I want us to look 
at some of the timeless truths that we can find in this old hymn. And first, we have to see it as a heralding. The heralding. Hark the herald. What is a herald? A herald is someone that proclaims good news. And in olden days, they didn't have text messaging, email, Facebook, Twitter. And, and so one would run, a herald would run, and as they would run, they would proclaim this awesome news that would be important to anyone who would hear it. And so this, this hymn is a heralding. It's a proclamation. And then he goes on to say, Hark the herald, angels sing. The Bible teaches us that angels are real. They are seldom seen spiritual beings. They are different, there are different kinds of angels. And, and I could even affirm that there are guardian angels. I, th I think the guardian angel in my life sometimes has ADD. He gets distracted. <laughs> but, but because I, I, I'm a, I get a little distracted. And, and, and so there are different kinds of angels. In fact, Israel, uh, Isaiah describes them as having six wings and they fly. The book of Hebrews describes angels as being so much like humans in appearance that people have entertained them unaware of their supernatural identity. They're God's ambassadors. John Horton, our, our uh, associate pastor, says they're like God's deputies, not to be confused with Barney Pine. Uh, they are God's spokespersons. And, and so the night Jesus was born, an angel suddenly appeared to a group of sleepy farmhands tending sheep in the pasture. And, and what a spectacular moment. Now the angels probably felt like, wow, what an understatement. Uh, as we are proclaiming, we're proclaiming to this lowly group of humans shepherds. But that speaks volumes about how God comes to the lowly, to those who are in need. Uh, I want to read the scripture. If we could go to that real quick, I'd like to read that. Um, I did this a little bit out of order, but I, I want to take a minute and read that. I'm going to read it for you. And there were shepherds living out of the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts. The vault of heaven opened up and appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. In just a minute we're going to give them a minute to get it up on the screen. I want us to enter into that angelic heralding. And, and I, I want us to be mindful that this is an invitation. 
This is an invitation for us. Uh, what I want you to do is we're going to have something on the screen, and I want you to repeat this three times. And as it comes up on the screen, and, and, and basically, uh, we're joining in with a chant. We're joining the triumph of the skies. And, um, and we find that text in this. Glory to God in the highest. Okay? You may need to ignore what's on the screen. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Goodwill to all. That's it. I want you to say this three times, each time a little louder. Here we go. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill to all. Again, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill to all. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill to all. Can you imagine what that was like as it resonated over the hillside? No wonder. The shepherds were quaking in their sandals. I mean, this was huge. And what was their response? When the angels had left them, gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So, gang, part of the invitation for us today is I believe Charles Wesley saw the importance of us joining in to this moment. Joining in with the triumph of the skies. And so, we're part of that heralding. We're part of that proclamation of good news. But here's the question. What was it they were proclaiming so much? What was it that they were pumped about? What was it that they were excited about, these angels? And so let's look. I really believe it's the incarnation. Uh, look at verse 2 the song we sang earlier. Christ by heaven, highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold Him come. That, that means at, right, at the right time. At just the right time when humanity needed a redeemer, redeemer, Christ came, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh that God had seen. In other words, Jesus, God as deity, came in human form and dwelt among us, hailed the incarnate deity. Pleased in us with flesh to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. Heart, pay attention. Heart, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Thank you, Charles, for pointing out the fact that his deity means that Jesus is with us in the incarnation. Late in time, behold him come. It must have seemed so long. So long. 400 years of silence. And then Jesus comes in what the Bible describes as the fullness of time. A predetermined crossroads in history. Where Jesus wraps himself in humanity and skin and stepped into our world. Veiled in flesh that God had seen. You see, the prophets had proclaimed this. In fact, John speaks to that. 1 John 14. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory. 
the glory of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Eugene Peterson, who is the translator of Scripture, who wrote the message, said this, The Word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. He alone is God in flesh. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And not only did he show up, he didn't show up as some kind of pampered priest. He showed up as a humble servant. He showed up as one of us. But he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others. He limited himself and was born a helpless infant, dependent on inexperienced peasant parents. No one can say Jesus doesn't understand my problems. In Hebrews 4 it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet is without sin. And so when Wesley wrote, God and sinner is reconciled, he was pointing toward that atoning grace that is discovered in Jesus Christ. And so the wonderful thing is that God entered into our lives. And he still desires to enter into our lives. And some of you may be saying, you know... I feel brokenness in my life. Is there someone that can understand? And I want to say to you, Jesus understands. He's made the journey. And He allows us to be overcomers. And so, we are part of the heralding, the proclamation of good news. Hark the herald angels sing. And, and we see that the Son has come and the deity has wrapped himself in human flesh and the incarnate is real for us. Uh, God entered in. But there's also a message of hope in this third verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Listen to that. Light and and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born, this is why he was born. Born that we no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth. In other words, we have heaven as a home. Born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Three times we see the word born. And isn't it interesting that because of his birth, we find in John 1 verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And in Malachi chapter 4, but for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And so this God incarnate that the angels were so pumped about entered our world and he brings us hope with life and light. 
and healing because he is the wounded healer. It's no mistake, Charles said, park. Which means it's time to focus. Blitz it up. Get this. The word hail means to acclaim, salute, acknowledge. That the light and light, the light and the light and healing and eternity is offered through Jesus Christ. Born for us that we may no, no more may die. And we'll be raised from the earth. We'll be given second birth. And yet Jesus says to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they be born again. And so this motif of birth surfaces for us. For it's important for us to be born anew, as the Bible says. Born from above. And when we are, we are the beneficiaries of life and the light. And we have healing in our wounds because of Christ. Well, that's reason enough to say it. And I don't know about you, but I've had to go to those gatherings. And I have never felt that way when I go to some of your Sunday school parties, okay? But I have had to go to, to some gatherings, and, and my friend was saying, you know, I went, and, and I was reluctant, and I had a bad attitude, and I was down, and I was just doing it out of being compliant. It was an obligation. And when I got there, I began to warm up. And there was a sense of joy, and there was a sense of celebration, and there was a collective euphoria. And he said, I had to be drugged from the party. Again, I guess what I want to say to us is, we enter into the familiar, we hear these songs, we hear the story of Christ being born again, and it's all so familiar that we grow down. And we're reluctant to join in, but may it be that we join in. And I ask you this, do we really believe what the angels have said? Because if we do, we have no other option but to join the triumphs from above. Will you join them in singing? Because we have reason to sing. For Christ is among us. And that's what we're reminded of each time we share in communion, that Christ is with us.